Oh, and I just slammed my fucking bone spur into my chair. Jesus. Fuck! This is a great way to start this album. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cut 11 minutes. Fuck, that hurts so bad. Oh. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go, Jeff. Yeah, what was that? I don't think they heard you. Let's say that shit one more time. Thank you for listening to Go Jeff Yourself. This week is the second album in our Record Roundtable, Volume 1. We're talking about Unwound's album, Repetition. My name is Jeff, and McDonald's has the worst fast food fries. My name is Adam, and Halloween 3 is my favorite movie in the Halloween franchise. My name is Jess, and I almost died hiking Mount Washington in New Hampshire. Jess, that's cool and all, but let's talk about Adams. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying that just to be contrarian because it's like, it's not Michael Myers. It it would be a good movie on its own. Uh, I mean, I think people would respect it more if it was just called Season of the Witch or it was supposed to be called The Druids. It was not supposed to be part of the Halloween thing. Like, it had been better if it was separate, sure, for marketing purposes, but I don't care. Like, it's the most fun. It has the most to do with Halloween, and it has so many dead children in it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Adam, I, I stand for that movie. Like, I really do. I I like that movie. I don't think it's that bad of a horror movie. I don't it's even remember fun. it. I've seen it when I it's was younger. It's not like and I don't Halloween it. Michael Myers, sure, but like, no. standalone? It's fine. Why has everyone got to be all upset about it? It's hilarious. The scene where, like, the, the mask, like, turns, like, the kids, like, face dissolves and all the insects start pouring out of the mass like oh i got i saw that as a kid like it stayed with me for the rest of my life i'm like oh my god (laughs) it's a great hollow like halloween horror movie like Mm -hmm. i don't know why people hate it so much danny was perfect this mad scientist like techno mancy mancer like druid is trying to murder children as a prank for halloween like it's so good (laughs) And I mean, they, and they retconned all of the following Michael Myers Halloween movies, so they should have just kept going with the anthology, and we would have been in a better place. Oh, much better As a place. society, I think. And Jess, sorry I cut you off, but did you die? I'm still here. I somehow oh, okay. survived. It was the stupidest thing I ever did, and I can't believe I'm here. Because the wind, the wind chills, the winds itself was like 80 plus miles per hour, like... They shut down the mountain, and we still went up. I was fully prepared. I had all the gear that I needed. The friends that I was hiking with, they were kind of iffy on their gear, but they said, let's keep going, and we got to the top. I couldn't even see where we were. It was so cloudy. It was snowing in August, by the way, hmm. and I couldn't even get up to the stairs to get to like the actual peak because see, the wind was so bad it was right now. shaking everywhere. What you're describing right now is the beginning of a movie based on a true story where you know everybody dies. Yeah. Dude, like I really like thought we were going to die. Something. Yeah, you're like, oh, this yeah. is the movie about those people that got stuck in a cave and then they all die. I let's was let's watch on, it. Yeah, I, I brought a pair of mittens with me because I, I was watching the weather for like a week to see how bad it was going to be. And I was like, and oh, my God. 
they saved your life. Without those mittens, well, I would I, just be talking to Adam right now. Yeah, <laughs> and my hands were so cold and swollen that I couldn't put them on, and the wind kept blowing them out of my hands. There's like a video of my mitten like flying out of my hands, and I'm like, oh my god, shaking, screaming, like we're gonna die up here. It was it was great. It was the most thrilling moment of my life. It was the best <laughs> night's sleep. Hiking back down and going to the campsite and sleeping in my hammock was the best night's sleep I ever had in my entire life. Like after you'd almost after climbing and being exhausted just from the climb and then almost dying and being stuck on a mountain. Best night's sleep I ever had. I can I can picture you just like smiling, rocking in your hammock with your eyes closed, just in a deep slumber, and all of your friends are like, I fucking hate her. It wasn't my idea. It was my other (laughs) friends from work. They wanted to climb Mount Washington. I was like, hell yeah. I prepped for like a month. I was hiking like anytime I could. I was hiking the biggest peaks in Connecticut. I was ready to go, but the weather, there was like a hurricane in the south, and any weather that happens like in the world affects the weather at Mount Washington, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, yo, guys, we need a backup plan. We're not going to make it. We're not going to be able to hike up that mountain. Like, 80 mile per hurricane mild winds, like, 80 miles per hour. It rained on us. It snowed on us in August, and it was like 60 degrees at like the base, and it got to like 14 degrees at the top. Yeah, so I'm not like, about that life. Yeah, yeah. I had I could barely walk up to everyone else. Yeah, well, the road was closed. Because if Jesse, if you climb up it, you don't get the bumper sticker. It's the law. It's true. Yeah, I got my fucking bumper sticker. I climbed Mount Washington. <laughs> it's it's right there on one of my lockers that I have. Like tattooed it on your back. Yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. My friend was gonna go up in shorts and t-shirt, and I made her stop at like a Bass Pro uh, Bass Pro shop to like buy winter gear. Because I'm like, you don't even have hiking boots. <laughs> she's from texas she had no idea and the other guy that we hiked with like he didn't bring a pair of gloves to wear and he had like a poncho on and the poncho went flying through the air because the wind was so fast it just <laughs> blew right off of him stupid stupidest thing i ever did but i'm here i'm alive and uh i forgot what yours was jeff <laughs> what's your what's your opinion on mcdonald's french fries because i think they're fucking trash yeah they suck. They're not the worst, uh, okay. but they definitely are not. They're way overrated. Like, absolutely. Whenever I smell them, I want to eat them. And, like, I'll have, like, a couple to just fight the urge to eat the, all of them. Like, I just like don't burgers. eat them. Well, here's the deal. So I can't they even are, tell you what they taste like anymore. The, the enjoyability is 100% based on the amount of salt on them. Mm. Because they have no flavor, they're dry, they leave your mouth chalky, they're greasy, they're dry and greasy at the same time. And also, unless you eat every single fry that you're served within three minutes of getting them, they're they're soggy. They're just yeah. tr- you just throw them in the garbage. They have no durability. They're they're just gross. I mean, all fast food fries mostly are frozen, so it's not yeah. like this is a quality thing. This is just trash. Like Taco Bell's fries. Are, the nacho fries are way fucking better than McDonald's. In fact, they're so good. They're the meal. They're the highlight. <laughs> I don't think I've had when nacho you, fries. When you go there, I've never had them. You ha- oh, first of all, the seasoning is delectable for are fast food. I feel but, like it's but, new. No, they're they're limited. They take them back. They're like, here's some nacho fries, but you can't have them all the time, you little bitch. <laughs> you see, um, I love Taco they, Bell. That's my they favorite taste potatoey. They taste them. like a real potato. Um, they're just, they're just better. And you, you get the nacho fries meal that comes with a taco as the side because they're that good. But like, dude, 
People shit on Arby's all the time. Arby's fries. Arby's pretty good. They, the curly fries? They, the curly fries. They blow McDonald's. Ooh. Even their fucking crinkle fries, dude. Crinkle fries are like bottom tier fries. Oh, yeah. They fucking like blow them. McDonald's out of the water. Everywhere has better fries than McDonald's. I don't Burger think there's King's one fast food place that is worse. Burger King is the big burger what chains. Is? Burger King fries. I used to like their fries too. Oh, I, I like them. Yeah, I mean they're good. they're better than McDonald's. They're yeah. still like not great, but I can't think of one fast food chain fry that is worse than McDonald's. Honestly, I never liked the. I thought the Wendy's was worse. Um, they're better now. They're better. They are. Yeah, usually because yeah, they're. They are, at least offer chili, so I just get chili. You know. Yeah. That's true too, Adam. But yeah, I'm just I hate it. Every now and then, my wife loves McDonald's fries. In the app, they have like. You can get like a dollar large fry every day. So sometimes she'll just like go and get the fries. And I'm like, this is, this is just inedible trash. It's garbage. I couldn't even tell you the last time I had a McDonald's fry or any of those fries. You see, I like five guys. I'll spend $15 on a cheeseburger. Before yeah. I mean, I had, like, their fries McDonald's are burger. pretty much unmatched. They have yeah. great fries. That peanut oil. Fantastic. They got yeah. vinegar there. I like that. I do like that. Yeah. A little, malt little thicker than I like though. Peanut Oh, oh, okay. Like a thin, like a shoestring. Yeah. Well, guys, enough, enough of this nonsense. Jess is alive. I'm alive. McDonald's fries are terrible. Adam hates Michael Myers. Let's continue <laughs> our record roundtable discussion. Last week, Adam was able to talk Jess and I into uh, Press Club's debut album, Late Teens, and let's see if Jess is able to talk Adam and I into Unwound. 1996 album repetition. Pew pew pew. Coming Why don't in from you... the Pacific Northwest from the 90s. Pew pew pew. I I personally am not very familiar with Unwound. I know that they're a band and I know I've heard them just in like playlists. But Jess, why don't you tell us about um how you got into them, why you like them, all that shit. Why you picked this album um over any of their others? So I I'm a huge fan of the Amoeba Records uh YouTube show What's in My Bag or what's in your bag, whatever it's called. And some band I never heard of before. I, I pretty much watch every episode that I can. I go back and watch all the old ones. I love finding new music. Some band, I don't remember their name, picked up one of their box sets, one of the Unwound's box sets, and they sampled a song to show what the band sounded like, and it was just this thundering bass song that we'll get into later that's on this album. And I was like, oh, this band sounds really catchy. And they're from the 90s. I've never heard of them before. And I went back and I listened to their music and it blew me away. I thought it was very cool and very of the 90s, but also very post-hardcore in line with Fugazi. What's not to like? And I just kept listening. This album is more of their experimental stuff. It's uh, not their first album. It's like in the middle of their discography. And it just really caught my interest. And I wanted to share it with people. So here we are. Adam, uh, are you familiar with this band or this album at all? No, I actually haven't heard of this band. Uh, what are they on? What are they on Kill Rockstars or something like that? I'm surprised I didn't. Yeah, uh, so they're on Kill. Yeah, they're on Kill Rockstars, which was mostly like a spoken word and then like Bikini Kill. Hmm. It's. Yeah, they're like a DIY group. Uh, that's really all I have is that they had Bikini Kill and mostly spoken word bands or musicians. But what, they're spoken word. What are they? Just spoken word. And it's the 90s. And it's, I mean, it Pacific is, it's... Northwest in the 90s was the grunge era. 
this album came out a little bit after that, like 1996. By that point, grunge was pretty much over. Well, Kirk Cobain when, was like, far dead. Be- because because of motive post hardcore. Yeah, because of when I was born in the mid '80s. Adam and I were born the same year. Um, it's weird. Like when I think about decades before me, like I could pinpoint like. The 60s were about this, 70s were about this, the 80s were about this, but the 90s to me is like multiple decades all at once because like, you know, when you're five to 15 years old, there's a huge difference in how you perceive things like and media. So to me, 96 is just like a different decade than 93. Oh yeah. To to me, it's just so different. So when I see 96, I'm thinking about like middle school, shit like that. And when I think of like, early 90s grunge i'm thinking of elementary school because like pearl jam and nirvana were the big bands in you know when i was in elementary school so it's still like the same era of music like there is a shift like adam started to say but just because of my experiences with that decade it, it feels this feels earlier to me than it actually is yeah, I I thought it was earlier. I thought it was more of like a 92, 93. Yeah. Back with like uh, Quicksand, Fugazi, Sonic Youth, stuff like that, which are bands that they were, well, they're more influenced by Sonic Youth and Melvin's Fugazi Black Flag than they were like Quicksand. But like the post-hardcore era mm-hmm. that this sounds like is like early, early 90s, not mid 90s. No, let's let's get into it then. Let's start with uh, Message Received. Yes. So you start off with this scratchy, spinning record sound, and then when it all kicks in, bass. Jeff, I know yeah. how you feel about bass. Yeah, you know so how I feel about when, bass. When I started this, and it was just like the static panning through my headphones, I was like, this is Jess. Jess loves the Refuse, which <laughs> I we should do a Refuse episode because I... I'm not as into them as you guys are. Like I listen to them, but I don't like know them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would feel um, wrong doing a refused episode without Adam because without Adam, yeah. I never would have heard of refused and seen them live twice. Dead? We can do that. But I was like, this is so Jess. But then like all of that just stops. There's like no transition. It's just like, and then right like a- into guitar drums and this steady bass line. Just this, yeah. like, this, this is chugging definitely bass. a bass heavy band. Instead yeah, of like a lead guitar, it's a lead bass. Mm-hmm. You're following that bass, and the guitar is just doing its own thing. I I didn't know how to describe the guitar playing because I'm not a guitar player. So I talked I, to weird. my I, husband, who is oh, a guitar yeah. player, and he said it's lazy. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's lazy but moody. But like it captures like some weird feeling in me like that guitar it sounds in this song it sounds like a swarm of bees is like swarming mm-hmm. me and i can't get away from it and it's like so your your husband's a very good guitar player and he's he's like very technical um from what i've heard in uh the bands that he's been in and i could see how he could say this is lazy and i'm a i'm bad at guitar i'm much better at bass and guitar but i've never been good at guitar but i think that doing this kind of music I'm not going to compare it to jazz because I don't think it's jazzy, but there's a different sort of, I don't I don't want to say expertise, but there's a, a certain skill in making it sound lazy. Cause yes. I was in a band like this. We only played two shows. We didn't record anything. It was a, a, just this like post hardcore kind of band. And the guitar player there, like when, when I listen to like back to recordings of practices, actually, if you go to talk me into search for our music, and look for a song by Dear Sirs on there. Um, 
it, it's it's like that. But when we were in practice, like he was laser focused. Like when we were recording, there was a lot of jammy stuff too. But when we got to like the parts we needed, it was almost the same every time. But if you had heard it the first time, it sounds like this. It sounds all over the place. But like you have to remember like how to get that feedback. What what pedal to press at the same time? Like it, harmonics you're hitting. There's a lot more to it than just sounding like dog shit exactly like it doesn't sound like dog shit this sounds no, no, really technical but like when you're trying to describe the guitar playing it's lazy right. it's just strumming those like i believe it's strumming those lower strings and it just sounds like a swarm of guitar engulfing you while that bass is just thumping on top of you right and you're like, so ah, head bobbing and when the drums I, when are I, perfect when i first listened to this so first i was like okay this is like refused um but then I was like, oh, this is this sounds just like shellac, big black, all of that mm-hmm. like alternative grunge that's kind of like, yeah, like orange nine I don't millimeter know. filter helmet. Yeah, things I was like that. A helmet vibe. Exactly. Yeah, like like gang of four nineties grunge inspired music. Um And the vocals the vo- are yeah, go the ahead. Vocals the vocals are they're mixed they're mixed really low and muddy. It's really hard they're to discern really what low. he's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just it's buried in the mix. So like you can get the feeling and the attitude he's going for, but sometimes the actual words are kind of hard to discern. And at this point I've done so many music albums and record roundtables on talk me into. It's kind of weird. We don't really discuss in advance, but there's just some albums where like you'll focus just on the music or you'll focus just on the lyrics or you'll focus. There will be no focus. You're just talking about everything. This to me sounds like a band where I'm going to be focusing on mostly the music and not so much the lyrics. And that's, that's where I was at with this first track. So when I first listened to the album, that was me. I was listening mostly Mm -hmm. to the music part of it and the lyrics sounded very depressing to me. And I love a good downer. So I went on. a (laughs) So does the music. The music is very, you know, it is uh, melancholy. Yeah, I mean, it's the sound of Pacific Northwest. At the time, it was probably the most depressing place in the world to live in. And I totally get that vibe from this album. It's not grungy, like when you think of like the Pacific Northwest. It's more just down or like, these people clearly but live in a place that rains a lot. This is right. We're talking about low. it being... Yeah, we're, we're talking about it being depressing, but like the music is a vibe and it does set a tone. And there's that steady barrage um, that the beats, like the, the drums and the bass, it they just like they attack you with, but it's juxtaposed with like this dissonance and melody. Like there, there is a lot of melodic stuff in here, like back to back with just like the worst sounding combinations of sounds, which, you know, dissonance is pleasing to some people. I'm one of those people that finds a good dissonant, Mm -hmm. you know, chord, uh, nice sometimes, but yeah, it's just a very interesting sound that, I didn't. I didn't know what to expect moving forward after this first song. This, very, yeah. this is when like the that kind of dissonance, the discordant kind of sound was coming into prominence more, especially in the underground scene. Like you were getting a lot more of that, and definitely you know grunge inspired. Like it started that because it's like people who listened to late Black Flag and actually liked it started making <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> All right, what about the next song, Corpse Pose? I know that this Yo. is the top song on Spotify for them. Yo, how have I never, how have we never heard this song? This song is definitely one of their biggest hits that you can have. I mean, for an underground band, the, it's their best known, the bass playing in this top tier. I've never played yeah, bass. There's some, Jeff, there's you played some, bass. 
yeah, there's some piece. really good. There's some really good baseline. I can't, I can't picture this specific song right now in my head. But overall, like, there's some really fun baselines in here, and some of them are a bit repetitive, which I'm not saying Repetition as a negative thing at all. Is the exactly. name of the album? <laughs> um, but with bands like this and bands that I've been in, like that band Dear Sirs I played in, I would come up with either a really complicated, funky, weird baseline or just do something really simple and just keep driving it in and staying steady because that's the anchor. Without that, you can't have your guitars doing this crazy shit. If there if the bass player was going off and like noodling and doing like a crazy bass solo, this would just be muddled garbage. So you need that bass B-A-S-E for to to be able to do all this weird dissonant stuff. And like the guitars in this, there's two guitar tracks. They're panned in each ear and they're playing mostly the same thing. It's not like precise. There's a, you could tell that there, it's a little different. It's a little sloppy. And the tone of the guitars is different enough to make it feel full and not just louder in different ears. So it it makes it sound more complicated than it actually is. Yes. Um, and apparently so, the first uh, the bizarre interplay between the guitar and bass is like a really popular thing of that era. And it was kind of like... Um, so Weezer did it a lot, and they kind of stole it from the cars. It was like a trick that they would do where they would play that weird interlude between each other. It's kind of like a keyboard guitar playing the same thing type of vibe. Yeah, a, a very a very obvious example of that is Damaged Goods by Gang of Four. Um, which I covered in a band and even like the guitar player I was playing with at the time, incredible guitar player, Dennis. But even at first he was like, he was, we were trying to like figure it out. Cause I'm, I'm not a good bass player either, especially back then. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tricky to try to, it, you have to trick your brain into playing when you shouldn't normally play when you're going do, 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 do. Like yeah. one person's playing steady, but skipping a beat. The other person's playing only on the offbeat. Um, I love that kind of shit. And when it's done well, it's like chef's kiss. And Adam, you're a lyrics guy, right? Did you pick up the lyrics of this song? Uh, you know, that was actually, that's basically all my notes yes. were just about that. Because <laughs> um, they, they do not have a lot of lyrics for the most part. No, There's very not. minimalist on that. But the line, the one verse here, the drawback to living is finding yourself. Watch your heart. Let it bleed. Don't have faith in anything. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I actually, corpse I pose, wrote that corpse down. Corpse pose, I, corpse pose. <laughs> that was, I was like, this is going to resonate with Adam and because it resonates with me. <laughs> yeah. So at the time that this album was conceived, the, I believe it's the singer, guitar player. He was going through a really rough patch ending of a no. relationship. Yeah, right? Can you believe it? Pacific Northwest. <laughs> so he was going through an ending of a relationship. He had a friend commit suicide. He was in a really dark place, emotionally, physically. And a lot of what I get from this album are journal entries. Like, it just seems like somebody mm. just fucking losing their shit in their journal and then going, here, we got, we, I got some lyrics. Let's just bust this out. Like, let's do this well, therapeutic I mean, that's, cleanse. That's a literally... Early adopter. Yes. Yeah, that's that's literally unauthorized biography. 
Yeah, mm. and that yeah goes right into unauthorized bra. <laughs> what did you guys think of that song? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought. I mean, you're you're talking about the the vocal performance. It's very much like the guy from Cake. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Except Cake is obviously, you know, shinier and there's a frosting on top They're of it. It's radio upbeat. friendly. Well, yeah. They, but just. This can sometimes be a little. Hit, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the radio hits that we know. I'm going the distance. I'm going for speed. Like, just the delivery. Even his voice sounds a lot like that. Um, I think the title's great Unauthorized Biography. Um, is it unauthorized biography or autobiography? Uh, unauthorized unauthorized autobi- autobiography. Oh, yeah. yeah, unauthorized autobiography is hilarious because it's like oh, yeah, you know, you're, you're writing your own thing, but you don't authorize it. Mm-hmm. I think it's clever. Um, and, you know, it's this lyrically, it is about making up your own history to make yourself seem important or give your life meaning and worth. There could be multiple reasons like the lyric. Can you rewrite history? A conversation with myself turning into something else, mm-hmm. um, you know, because like. Losing my with, obscurity. Because unless you know somebody, if like you're writing in a journal, how much of that journals are biased? Podcasts are biased. Everybody oh, yeah. has a self bias. Especially and if that's now with all you media? know, yeah. And if that's all you know of somebody, and this guy's, you know, he's a lyricist. Um, so people look at his songs and like, if you change it, will people think of you differently? Will you think of you differently? Um, how much of the truth can you push and actually pull it off? Um, yeah, it's surprisingly much deeper than I thought it would be looking at only like a few lines of lyrics in, in this song. Yeah. One of my favorite lines is bored with my life repetition. Like you can't help but sing it in that same way that he does it. And when you think of it like that, I mean like, dude, I, I, I went to one of my friends, uh, he has a two year old too. He's a month younger than my daughter. He had a birthday party last night and I used to work with him. So there were some old coworkers there and they're like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I wake up in the morning. I go to work. I come home. I spend family time. It's great. I enjoy, I enjoy the life I have, you know, every few weeks I do this stuff, but like every single day is the same exact thing. It's just like, this is, you know, this is life. And some people's, some people's lives are repetition and they don't have that good stuff at the end of the day that I have. So like, it's, it's just, it's very, very relatable. So Adam, back in the day, I would look to you for music guidance. What do you think so far of this song? Like where we're at with this album and this song. So I need your approval. (laughs) (laughs) I like the music. Um, But like I said, like I was a vocals guy and it does bother me that the vocals are so behind everything. It it is a really bad mix vocally. And I don't know if it's because it's 1996 and it's from like, like kill your, what kill rock stars. Like, Mm. is it just because it's that they don't have the money to have the big, Studio, no, I don't. It doesn't it cost because it's DIY. It doesn't cost money to turn your vocals up. <laughs> I mean, you said it, it like was. A, it was a choice to do that. It yeah, was I feel an like artistic it was a conscious choice. decision. I just. I can see that. You see, the thing is, like, well, the Adam, first song since... when it, it, when when he was all shouting, it was aggressive. Like that was dope. And then when it started getting the more clean, almost spoken parts, 
I was like, ooh, you lost something, a little bit of steam there that I wish they had kept with the more shouty. So, stuff. Adam, as as a vocal and lyrics guy, how did you like the next song, Lowest Common Denominator? Lowest Common Denominator. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> There's no lyrics. It's a noise interlude, Adam. Yeah, it's no, like, it's oh, not. no, I wrote that. It's the vocals no, coming at the next 123. Yeah. So there's did a I write very the wrong long, thing? Probably. Yeah, no, because oh, no, Lowest Common right. Denominator you're has right. lyrics. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, um, it's just a I very long intro. Central. The vocals um, don't come into a minute and 23 seconds. And it's that's, the slowest oh, okay. of the songs here. And I wrote base, Noise Interlude because yeah. this song starts out with that noisy kind of stuff. And it did the same thing that the first track did where it doesn't really blend the songs. It just like stops and a new song starts. I don't like that. I don't know. It, it doesn't flow to me. There's just... I wish they had either blended it in or had it be its own track. Like as an album, it just messes up the flow. It sounds more like a hiccup than something I can vibe with. So with this song, the openings makes me think of uh, Nirvana's Bleach. That bass is really, really deep and really like, like really deep Bleach era Nirvana and super scratchy guitar. Yeah, it sounds I like literally a wrote pedal steam coming out. It, the guitar is like like it's like gonna explode. <laughs> one of one of my notes for the eighth track murder movies, I wrote very early Nirvana Bleach era. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah, that's the vibe. This is, we're going yeah, for. this one's a slower song too. It's more spoken word than it is like screaming or singing. Um, there's a lot of feedback uh, feedback that's like a high pitch. And some of the lyrics are puzzled by the math of it, adding and subtracting me. Yeah, lyrics they are so never clever. rhyme this... in this one. Like, they yeah. rhyme, and then they just kind of give up rhyming. Yeah, it's like that. There's that steady, syncopated bass. And then, like like I said, the guitars then have the ability to noodle and screech and go all over the yeah, place. Very shrill like, guitars it, in there. Yeah, and, and it's like, because it has that, like, driving rhythm, it... It comes off as chill, but it's also just chaos. <laughs> like there's also just so much anarchy going on. I and love it. It's that seems to be what this band is about. And is that a bad thing? I would I don't say know. that it, since it's just I'm showing you just this one album, this is their more experimental album compared to okay. what else they have done before and after. This is also like I'm trying to think of the word uh, pseudo emo. So, like, you know, like, how emo in the 80s was a lot different than what emo is, like, now? Yeah. So, this is, like, the in-between, between when emo got famous by, like, Dashboard Confessional and shit like that, and also, when it like... it was no longer emo anymore, it's just pop exactly. rock. Yeah. Pretty much. So this Angels is and like, airwaves, anybody? <laughs> so, this is, like, the early to mid-age emo era of, like, the post-hardcore. What we call actual emo. Thank you. But I have to explain it to the youth of today. It's true. They don't, no one understands that. Like, if you, actual emo bands are, like, never popular. Like, they're all no. underground. And, yeah. like, I feel like this band would have been lost to the world if it wasn't for, like, a couple of people that went to see them when they opened for Fugazi when they were touring after this album came out. Like, mm. I never heard of them, and I feel like they would have been lost to history if it wasn't for the internet. Uh, the next track, Sensible, is the instrumental one I was talking yes. about. Um, it's three minutes long. I like it. Um, it breaks up the album nicely, and it just it continues that mood. It's like we talked about Press Club's album, Late Teen, Side B. It's the same kind of thing. It was just like a mid-album 
instrumental breakup gives you a little breath. Uh, it's, it's just a nice interlude. And it's kind of a fun song because it starts with like yeah. the rolling drums and like the sweeping noises. And then out of nowhere, I start getting like vibes of like a, a bop it losing its battery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's kind of like has like these weird little noises in it and like a spurs being like it sounds like a bop it with a battery dying. And I find it hilarious and fun. And then it goes to like really jazzy. And then it kind of like slips into like a weird like reggae, like kind of like like it kind of has like a reggae vibe. It? Like it sounded like there was some. I believe there of... there were keys in it. Like I know just that keys. um yeah they added a lot of like yeah they added a lot of weird sound effects to the songs in this album. Very experimental. They stuff they hadn't used before. Playing around with stuff. And it was just, it started like at one place and then ended at another. And I was there for the journey. I love it. Lady Elect. This is very different than Sensible. Um, it's five and a half minutes long, which is a bit long. Mm. Um, the vocals are very like Billy Corgan-esque, but it's like a sadder Smashing Pumpkins. I kind of remind yeah. me of like the slower uh, single mother's songs. Like I got like a single mother's vibe. Uh, he definitely it. sung in a different tone than he normally would, kind of like a little bit out of his range, but it's to give it that really depressing sound because it is a very depressing song. Yeah, it's about uh, his friend's suicide, correct? Yeah, it's about mm. going to the funeral after the suicide and mm-hmm. somebody asking him like if he knew why. And he lied about why the person died, even though he knew the reason why. He doesn't say in the song he knows the reason why, but like he says that he lied to somebody at a funeral about why his friend died. And yeah, it's deeply sad. What does he say? Leave it to yourself to find it somewhere else, safe outside of time. They asked me why you died, and I knew the reason why, but lied. Don't know why. <laughs> like oof. So, so they gave a lie just came to say goodbye like all right yeah. actually, i didn't know about the suicide so that actually put some more context behind this one yeah it so, was a song that was popular that they played live but like obviously he didn't like playing it live but the people liked it so. yeah i could see this that. one was probably the most personal of the, the whole album and i mean musically like you have the the octave chords that became popular and like you know melodic hardcore and it gives it like that epic feel and like the swelling emotions this is the most um, like straightforward like post hardcore song yeah yeah i would say that too um Early it still is emo. a little long i could see live this yeah, song the being ending long, drags like, out a bit too much i think yeah live i could see that but just listen to the yeah. recording it's just a bit too much i mean it, it's not bad but yeah it shoots it's, up it's in different long. octaves and like it really draws it out it sounds like a funeral song <laughs> So fingernails on a chalkboard, (laughs) there is like this eerie found sound that kind of sounds like early wax cylinder recordings, which like it always freaks me out when I hear those. Just just knowing that like the voice is like 100 years. The person's been dead for like 100 years and it's just like such primitive recordings and it just sounds like how I think a ghost would sound. Um, and then Finger just nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, <laughs> just but like so, there's not there's over. not many lyrics. But about halfway through this song, they start doing sound painting, which is the term that's like they use the music to give you the feeling that the lyrics are trying to portray. So lyrically, it's like fingers on a chalk nail, uh, f- fingernails on a chalkboard. 
And musically, it sounds like that. There's a lot of feedback. There's a lot of dissonant squeals. There's scrapes and slides on the strings. There's screaming that's super distorted. So it's all of this stuff that's supposed to just like grate at you. Yeah, it's designed it's to make you feel like, uncomfortable. Yeah, so like the drums are right up front too, feeling that like they're chasing you down. And in the song, he's talking about torturing people that annoy him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like I you're thought, chasing him down and gonna get him and nails on a chalkboard, torture them. Rah. This was this was using sound as like a weapon. <laughs> I, I liked it. It was it was cool. Yeah, I just think it's fun. It's just a little like a little graining on you, and it kind of makes you go, oh yeah. When you're in a bad mood and like someone's really pissing you off. This is a great song. <laughs> All right. So I talked about murder movies a little bit. Um, I don't know what the fuck it's about. <laughs> <laughs> um, and musically, it's like, this is, this, I'm just going to read exactly what I wrote. Musically, there's no new ground for this album. It's consistent, if not anything else. Repetition, all cap blocks. Uh, it's repetitive lyric chanting, very early Nirvana Bleach area era but it's only like a minute 40 so it's yeah. like the I, fastest and definitely angriest sounding vocals on the um, yeah yeah so the, the this song is like more pro- predominant in this one this one yeah, is more of the bop this yeah, is this like is, especially after the first half of the album of it being like oh like yeah. you're really like dr- like you're getting drained from like all the depression it's raining on you like it's the pacific northwest it's always cold and tired you're always tired and then this one is like oh yeah murder movies murder movies and it's just a song about, you know, playing over and over again in your head of all the terrible things you would do to somebody. That you yeah, like. but but like going back on the Irvana Bleach, like I could definitely hear like the Daddy's little girl ain't a girl no more. Daddy's little girl. It's just like repeating yep. the same line over and yeah. over again. And, you know, that's the style of the era of the uh, location. So I get it. I mean, that's probably like the best Nirvana album. So this was And like imagine seeing this live. Yeah, this one probably is my uh, probably my favorite on the. Uh, I think this one was their the strongest for me personally. I, I just I, I just liked it was shorter, faster, angrier. That's yeah, generally what I'm into anyway. So, and uh, one lyric says, "I like to start as an alien killing all the humans." Yeah, I picked up <laughs> my that idea. Was dope. <laughs> my idea of you repeated over and over again, and. <laughs> It just, if only kids these days, and you know, especially young boys, if only you would just pick up a guitar instead of a machine gun and just play guitar. Imagine just writing song lyrics about killing people instead of, you know, killing people with guns. Just do that. <laughs> oh, and also, like, the the sound of, like, the piano. It almost sounds like a piano. I think it is a piano. They wanted to get, yeah, they wanted to get a grand piano, but they couldn't, so they had to just go in with, like, a keyboard. Because the very beginning, it's like, do 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 that's supposed to be like a grand piano sound. Yeah, you could hear that. Like they use keyboards later. You could tell it's not like a real piano, but it's not a bad thing to me. Oh, uh, yeah. It's described uh, as a double bass sound with a piano. Next exit. I know this road will never stop. That really satisfies my mind. That's pretty powerful shit, Adam. You're you're a lyric boy. What do you think about the lyrics to this song? Uh, you know, there, I wrote this like there's there's only like eight lines in this. Uh, yeah, there's not I mean, a lot. Good. They they certainly um, make the most with the uh, uh, little they have there, and I do like it. 
Um, my, my mind might look like a garbage can, but at least I know who I am. So oh good. my god, I wrote that line so down good. too. That, so that's good. one of my favorite lines. My mind might look like a garbage can, but at least I know who I am. Like, oh, just so good. I'd love so it. I love it. So the line I said I really like because it just like, it highlights that there's endless possibilities ahead for you, which is like super positive for a band like this. And like the music does not reflect that positivity at all. Mm. Like halfway through the song just falls apart and it's just like, yeah. it just like dies. It's just whimpering Crescendo. cacophony of just noise. It's ambient space noises. And then like a pause it's yeah. deep sounding bass. This is so moody. I mean, the whole album is really, really moody. That's how, the best way I describe this album. This is a moody album. You're in a mood. Put this album on. And this song fits right in there with it. <laughs> Dude, I also super relate to Devoid. Uh, it's just about cutting out negative people in your life or just people in general. And I've done it. And there's there's nothing better um, <laughs> to just get rid of, like, just negative people. You know, I wish the best for them, but I don't want you in my life. And it, it feels good. You feel better. There's no, you don't owe anybody anything. You don't need them to feed off of your energy. You don't need to feed off of their negative energy. I'm not like an energy guy. Mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have essential oils. I don't believe no these stones vibrating. Yeah. No crystals, Adam, <laughs> only crystal skulls. I believe in crystal skulls. Um, but no, it's, it's just such, it, it, it's strangely super positive. What do like, you expect from all the same thing when it's still devoid of anything worth it? If we're yeah. trying anything worth trying, like, so some people don't it. change. <laughs> and sometimes the only way to change yourself for the better is to cut that shit the fuck out of your life or just surround yourself by people who are positive and, you know, who have your best interest in mind and you have their best interest in mind. It's just a, so like you guys, you're good because you're both in my life. Aww. I love you guys. <laughs> so you're not devoid of us yet. No. And we haven't talked about it a lot, but the drums in this, like the drummer, she is so like precise. Like I feel like with this, you could get easily like crazy with the drums and like turn into animal and be like, Rah! just crazy. But like yeah, she's but always so precise and just pretty very driving simple. too. Yeah. yeah, it's nothing crazy or showy. Which is nice because I listen to all sorts of different kind of music, and sometimes the drummers are gonna be like, "All right, slow down. Like you're getting like crazy." I, I read. I didn't read too much into this, but I read that the uh, the bass player died a couple years ago, relatively young, in his forties. Yes, That's I mean sad. he alcoholism stuff like that. They're actually having a big resurgence now. I might have mentioned at the beginning, and they're touring currently. And I was, oh. I was thinking about going to see them, but I was like, ah, I don't know. For the most part. Because they're I, a three-piece, right? Yeah, they're a three-piece. They had they added more members on later on Okay. in their career. This is their midway point. This is like the mid-sophomore uh, album, junior album, I guess you would call it, compared to like what they do later on, which is super, super emo. Like, not emo as in Supremo. like my chemical... Yeah, not like my chemical romance emo, but like emo like, emo. Yeah, like <laughs> Midwest, actually, you feel really fucking bad listening to this. <laughs> yeah, like this is... It's relatively upbeat compared to where they go in the future. Um, <laughs> that makes any sense. Go to Dallas and take a left. Another yes. instrumental, uh, the penultimate song on the album. Uh, I think it's a little long. It's it's four minutes long and it's a super slow build. It, builds it does up, have but like it builds so like the buildup is so strong. 
Yeah, so the buildup, like, it is a strong buildup, and when it gets to where it needs to be, it's just this abrupt descent into chaos. There's an like a guitars out of harmony, there's sax noises. Yeah, there's like, this is, where the, this is where I heard the, the keys before, just like jazzy horns and keys, probably from a keyboard. They don't sound like, you know, super real. Yeah. Um, but it's almost jazzy in like the annoying way. Uh, not so this really reminds pretentious, me of what but an actual traffic jam would sound like, like the traffic jam in Falling Down. You ever see that movie? Mm, I yes. think this yeah, is what was going on ago. in this guy's head at the time. And <laughs> also, do you remember, I hate to bring it up again, but Radiohead, I had you listen to National Anthem. I don't remember anything about them, Jess. I try to forget oh, that entire no, period of I my won't life. Let you, but National Anthem. complained about the soundtrack to, what the fuck was that? Suspiria. And then you go on and talk about listening to Radiohead. I like the I soundtrack Radiohead. to Suspiria. No, but yeah. but Chuck did not. Uh, despite I, being really? a fan Listen, of the, I love I love Tom York, but Goblin did a better soundtrack than. That's why he couldn't he couldn't possibly recreate that. There's no way you're gonna have to do something like, totally different. If I had never seen the original Suspiria and I watched Suspiria, I'd probably be more blown away. But since mm. I've watched the original Suspiria and I'm comparing Goblin to Tom York's interpretation of how to do Suspiria, I can't say that it's better. Uh, and I, I love like, Tom York. Tom York is like my husband that I'll, you know, <laughs> <laughs> my other better, husband. Right? Yeah. The, the Goblin was better, but I thought the York stuff fit for the style of movie they were making. It did, but... If I'm comparing and contrasting, uh, mm. it might grow on me over time. I still haven't seen it since the theaters. It might, I, I might change it again, my mind. Um, this time, not on LSD, and it still held <laughs> up. It's still good. Yeah, but anyways, if you're a fan of Radiohead's National Anthem, this song is pretty. It's very similar in the chaos with the horns, and it just goes into mad. It descends into madness. I, I thought it was more interesting, actually, than sensible. I was thinking, like, one of my notes here is like, I would like to have heard this live. Like, right? This would be sing, amazing live. Like, it, this wasn't something for me, like, to just sit and listen to. Like, it's not really my style out of that. But, like, seeing it live would probably be very different. I think yeah. I'd enjoy it live. It, For me, it's a, it starts off so slow, and then the buildup to the crazy, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with Adam, too. Like, the longer songs of theirs seem like they would be good live. But listening to the recordings, like, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for bands to capture, like, a natural chaos um, in the studio. I don't, I think this band is pretty good at doing that. But I think that there's still some stuff missing that would be much better live. Maybe I'll go see them if there's still tickets available. I think they're playing oh, maybe, like three shows in New York City. Maybe we will too if we're talked into them. Maybe, yeah. maybe. So, last track for your entertainment, or no, what is it? Yeah, for your yeah. entertainment. I yeah. thought I wrote a note for this, but it's blank and I don't remember. <laughs> what? Um, I don't remember the song. I apologize. Oh, no. This is, this is one of this the was... more harsher sounding ones. The vocals are a bit harsher. Um, yeah. This was definitely more like their previous albums compared to the rest of this album. This kind of hinders back to your art being judged and like you're put your heart and soul into something and then they just tell you it's not good enough. Um, there's a line in here. They will pick apart that. Yeah, they will pick 
um, why am I not reading this? They will pick your life apart and throw away your art. And the way the, the, the guitar playing in this, he's strumming on the lower, um, I guess the higher guitar. He's doing the loud ringing out. It's very much kind of gives me the vibe of like maps from the Yaya Yas, that loud ringing, like, and it gets louder and louder. Uh, fast drumming did, of did the you pronounce lower it yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it yeah, yeah, yes? It's pretty sure it's yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's spelled Y E A H. Oh. oh. Okay. Well, that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you know I'm from Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I found, like, it's like a wall of sound, and I thought it was a great closer to the album. You hear more of that guitar playing later on, like especially like late '90s, early 2000s. Like those fucking emo bands of that era are just destroy. Like it's overplayed. So I feel ten like minute they, warning. By the way, I just yeah. got it. So I feel like this song's a great ender, and yeah, I don't know. Where do you where do you guys want to go from here? We're getting the ten minute um, warning. Let Let's do so. Overall thoughts. Let's do some overall thoughts. Um, yeah, just like Adam said, the vocals, the mix is dog shit um, on most of this, which it's hard. Like, do you do you fault the band for that? Like, are the songs still good? But like, because they're bad, that does take away some enjoyment because like, I'd like to hear the lyrics better. I'd like a, a better mix. Um, there are a couple songs I think were a little bit too long. Some of the transitions were a little wonky. Um, overall, like for the, the little amount of lyrics that they did have, there's some powerful stuff in there. Um, they do have a lot of creative stuff musically, especially for being a three piece. Um, I love the style of bass playing like dear sirs was, we didn't, we played two shows. We had maybe five or six songs. We didn't record anything like in a studio and it's still like one of my, the favorite bands I've ever been in. And it was this kind of music. Um, in this, this style, this just like driving chaos. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of good in this that I wasn't really expecting. Um, so I've heard some albums similar that I like more, but there's definitely albums I've heard like this that are worse. Mm. I agree with everything Jeff just said. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing to add. You said everything I was thinking. Oh, why don't you give us a final push, Jess, and then so ask us the my question. My final push would be, this is definitely an experimental album. It may, it puts me in a certain mindset. Not always bad, either. Like I find a lot of enjoyment in this album, and I feel like what they're doing a lot musically just tickles my fancy. It puts me in a weird headspace. You don't have to be depressed to listen to it, but if you're just a... If you're a deep heart downer, this is great. <laughs> It also has some fun Bobby parts. Um, I feel like this band would be lost to the world, and I kind of feel like they shouldn't be. I feel like people should check out more of their stuff. I wanted to give you guys a challenge with this album, because it's a challenging album to listen to. It's not just a straight-through post-hardcore. It's not just straight-through noise. It's different. And I, I wanted to give you something that was challenging, and I have fun with challenges, as you know. Well <laughs> Why don't you ask us the most important question? Fellas, did I talk yeah. you into Unwound's repetition? 
Yes. Gonna be a soft no for me. I, I might Ooh. I might go back in and try and and and, and, and you know broaden listen to some more of their albums. But I'm not I wasn't too drawn in from that. Adam it mostly one mostly has to do with the singer's voice. I don't like it that much. But I do like One to the ten. Music. One to ten, Adam. What do you rate read this? I out? give it a five out of ten. It's I'm real middle okay. of the road on this because I really like the music and I really do not like the vocals and it I wanna like it more, honestly. I feel like with more listens, you'll appreciate it more. It's possible. That's why I'm giving it a soft no. I'm like, no, this is shit. I'll never listen to it again. Like, I'm just like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't want to like. You see, for me, vocals aren't at the top of my list. Especially Ooh. as I get older, the more, the less I care about vocals. I feel more about emotion. You could hmm. be, you could sound like fucking like dog shit. No, there's still, there's still but a like, balance. But like the emotion is there. I feel like could, it sucks me in more. Well, you could have an annoying like to see this thing. live. I would definitely see this band live. Imagine them oh. opening for Fugazi. Because it happened that would be dope. in the 90s. That would be dope. That it would, be would dope make show. Fugazi even better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll give this a 7 out of 10. I think that's me being nice. I Maybe like 6.5 out of 10. Um, this is a band where I'm a yes because even though this album isn't like perfect for me, there's enough on here to where like I want to listen to other things from this band. I haven't yet because this was so like fucking out there that I think if I listened to anything else, I'd just be confused um, and mix it up. Um, but this seems like a playlist band to me. I think yeah. it's going to be like, yeah. like pick a few songs from this album, that album, this B side, this live album, throw it on a 10 song playlist and I'll rock to it. Or just a, a genre playlist. Like, yeah, I'm doing a post hardcore mm. grungy nineties playlist, put some unwound on there. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I didn't hate, anything I listened to. Um, and the thing, there were some really good things in there. Everything I said about it positively, I meant. And everything I didn't like, I didn't <laughs> like. I thought Adam would be a lot higher. I thought he would like it more than me. So that's actually shocking to me. I am kind of surprised too, but... Which also, yeah. I cannot fucking wait to hear what he says about the next album. <laughs> Ooh, boy. It's going to be yeah. good. Well, I mean, like I said, for the most part, I put this challenge out there because I feel like this band should be checked out more. Like, I right. don't want them to be lost to history or get lost in the fray. I feel like they should stand out more, especially with Vern's bass playing and him not being around anymore. Like, it kind of, it's, it's his legacy. It's his legacy. And he was an amazing bass player. And I love this whole album. I could put this on front to back. I actually own two vinyls of this. Ooh. <laughs> two vinyls. I own it with a box copy? set. Well, I have a box set that I bought, and then there was, like, a special, like, uh, variant that went out that I bought. I just, I love the vibe of this album. And I prefer their earlier stuff. Like, if you guys are going to go, I wouldn't talk you into all of their stuff because I don't like their later stuff. I like their earlier stuff. Right, so, yeah, I this is a perfect to topic a little for bit a of The future of what? And I did like that opener, New Energy, off of that one. So that's that's one of the stuff. that's the first song that hooked me on. Like besides a uh, corpse pose, yeah. uh, new new energy. That album is fantastic. It's if you like more of the the screaming vocals that he had, everything from that album to probably the one after this. I forgot the name of it. Uh, you'll probably like more of their emo stuff. Not my thing. If you don't like twenty minute long openers, mm. you're probably not gonna like it. <laughs> 
All right. Well, that's our second episode of Record Roundtable, Volume 1. Next week, we're going to close it out with my pick, Angels and Airwaves. Life Forms cannot wait for Adam to shit all over it. Um, or if, if he likes it, it'll be even funnier to me. Um, so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do that. Um, we only got a couple minutes left because of uh, software <laughs> limitations. So, um, fuck you, Google. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you, Alphabet. Um, check out my YouTube show, So Discussions. New episodes every single week. It's youtube.com slash at So Discussions. Me and my friend Dan drink soda pops and talk about just being friends and life and living life. And then Jimmy and Keith are on there too. Uh, Jimmy and Keith, they're in, encroaching on our precious airtime. Each episode, they have more and more time at the end. <laughs> I will not stand for it. I will not be usurped as the, the host of So Discussions. It will not happen. Cut their um, heads off. Yeah, cut off their fucking heads and pour soda down their gullets. We should do that. Like episode 100, I'm thinking? That sounds great. Murder, murder. Murder, murder, murder. Murder movies. Is, what's what's going on in the background of somebody? It sounds like somebody's listening to music. Uh, nothing here. Uh, Adam, is that you? I'm not listening to music. I don't, was that my fridge? Remember I talked about the fridge problems? It sounds like either music or somebody talking. There's nobody else in the room with me. Oh Maybe my I'm god! Too Am close I to the mic. Picking up a ghost frequency. What about, oh. Um, what about now, does it sound different? Do I sound? Yeah, uh, it sounds better now. Yeah, I, yeah. Let's just continue. Hopefully, I might have been just too and, far away from the mic, or, or too close to the mic. Maybe he was picking up. As, my as long as it's not Dante's dogs barking in the background, which I didn't hear on Discord. So when I edited it and then posted the episode, I was like, "Oh shit!" You know what? <laughs> I'm going to turn. Dogs. I'm going to turn everybody down in my mic, head, headphones. Maybe that'll help. Oh, and I just slammed my fucking bone spur into my chair. Jesus. Fuck! This is a great way to start this album. (laughs) Oh, cut 11 minutes. Fuck, that hurts so bad. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, Adam, uh, are you familiar with this band or this album at all? (laughs) 